This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, October 25th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. What to call the new meat? Soy shipments way down. Dairy producers want more aid and youth obesity. Agencies told consumers will want to know. Consumer groups and cattle producers don't always see eye to eye. But Sarah Sorcher, the Deputy Director of Regulatory Affairs for the Advocacy Group, Center for Science and the Public Interest, told FDA and the USDA officials yesterday that cell-cultured meat ought to be labeled as such. Consumers should be able to choose whether they want to buy the product, Sorcher said, at the final day of a two-day public meeting on regulation of the products. The government should ensure, quote, that people who want to avoid this product can avoid it, but also that people who want it can seek it out. Sorsha questioned, however, whether the current regulations for setting standards of identity for foods are comprehensive enough to address the issue. One problem, she says, the regulators face, what do you call products in which cultured meat may be an ingredient? Could you call it beef stew if it was cell-based beef stew, she said. Just don't call it fake. For Memphis Meats, a leading developer of the products, the big question is what term the government should require. The company prefers the term cell-based meat or poultry. Some terms like fake, synthetic, or artificial meat are intended to not only cast our products in a negative light, but also are simply false and misleading, said Eric Schultz, the company vice president of product and regulation. He said, we're making a real meat and seafood, and that's the whole point. The company also opposes the term lab-grown meat, which Schultz says is inaccurate, and clean meat, which he says would be confusing to consumers. Data show drastic drop in soy exports. The 2018-19 marketing year has gotten off to an extremely slow start for U.S. soybean exports as China sits on large domestic supplies and the Brazilian harvest is only a few months away. That according to USDA data compiled by the American Farm Bureau Federation. The U.S. has shipped only 7.4 million bushels of soybeans to China in the first seven weeks of the new marketing year, which began September 1st. That data from a recent Federal Grain Inspection Service report show. That's a 97% drop from the same period last year when the U.S. shipped 239 million bushels. USDA's latest monthly supply and demand report shows China has 825 million bushels in beginning stocks that it can draw down on as the country's importers largely shun the new U.S. crop. China hit U.S. soybeans with a 25% tariff on top of an existing 3% tax earlier this year in retaliation for U.S. tariffs meant to punish China for intellectual property theft. With large inventories on hand in China, it's no surprise U.S. soybean exports to that country are down to start the 2018-19 marketing year. Way down, according to the Farm Bureau analysis. National Milk Producers Federation. USDA's trade aid, not enough. Even before the Trump administration announced its trade mitigation package to compensate farmers for retaliatory tariffs, USDA agreed to buy up to $50 million of fluid milk to relieve producers facing a saturated market. Then, as a part of a $6.3 billion trade aid program, USDA announced that dairy farmers would get direct payments totaling about $127 million to compensate for the impact of President Trump's trade disputes. 
USDA also has pledged to buy up another $84.9 million worth of dairy products. But all that is not enough to take care of dairy farmers who are still losing money on exports, primarily because of Chinese and Mexican tariffs, according to the National Milk Producers Federation. In a letter to Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue, National Milk says dairy farmers have lost about a billion dollars of income since May because of the retaliatory tariffs. Chinese tariffs on U.S. dairy range from 27% on whey to 45% on buttermilk. Mexico's tariffs on U.S. cheese range from 20 to 25%. USDA has promised to release the second part of the trade aid package this year, but officials have warned that it will likely be less generous. One in six young people now obese. New data show that nearly 16% of American youth between the ages of 10 and 17 are obese. That's one in every six. Mississippi has the nation's highest rate of youth obesity at 26.1%, while Utah has the lowest at 8.7%. The data, which were released by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, was drawn from the 2016 and 17 National Survey of Children's Health. The numbers can't be compared to earlier years because of major changes made in the survey's methodology starting in 2016. Black youth are obese at almost twice the rate of young white people, 22.5% to 12.5%, while 20.6% of Hispanic youth are obese. Asian youth have the lowest rate at 6.4%. FFA, look forward to agriculture advocacy. At the annual FFA convention today in Indianapolis, AgriPulse President Sarah Wyatt will be leading a discussion with Indiana Senator Todd Young and food and agribusiness industry leaders on how FFA members can become advocates for agriculture. The goal is to develop a new generation of leaders who can bridge the growing divide between producers and consumers nationally and around the world. Vance Crow, director of Millennial Engagement for Bayer Crop Sciences, will be on the panel along with Emily Score, CEO of Growth Energy, and Rick Maller, co-founder and CEO of City Barbecue, a restaurant chain based in Ohio. Here's today's He Said It. The bottom line is that consumers want to know and producers want to tell them. That South Dakota cattle producer, Rocky Froman, telling USDA and FDA that cell-cultured meat should be labeled. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, October 25th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.